The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning while it was still dark and saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, they have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first. And he saw and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. I'm going to begin by wishing you all a very happy Easter and welcome any visitors who might be here in town, maybe to see family or to spend time with friends, or maybe you've just come back to the church to celebrate Easter this year. And so you're all very welcome. And so we just finished up our whole Lenten season, which was kind of a time of retreat for the entire church, where we focused on prayer and fasting and almsgiving in order to prepare our hearts for today. Everything we did during Lent was about today. Because today we reflect on how our Lord entered into the world to change everything. To change everything. Last night at the Easter Vigil, we heard various readings from the Old Testament. It started with how God created the world and In those six days of creation, at the end of each day, the Lord says, and it was good. The day after he creates man, he says, and it was very good. And then we continued through these stories from the Old Testament about how sin entered into the world and caused the distortion about how we're supposed to live. 
how the Lord delivered the Jewish people from slavery in Egypt, how the prophets foretold there would be the coming of a Messiah who would restore all things. And then finally in the gospel reading, the story of our Lord's resurrection. And Bishop Conley pointed out that we're part of that history. All of that history is part of our history. But in addition to it being part of our history, as if it's kind of like our family story, it's also each and every one of our stories. Because what we celebrate each week as Catholic Christians is the celebration of a transformed way of life. A transformed way of life. Because in our own lives, we can all kind of say that in the beginning of our life, everything was good. At a minimum, in utero, everything was good. And then something happens in our own life that causes a distortion about the way we understand ourselves, the way we understand God, how we understand love. And then at a certain point in our lives, in a very personal way, God enters into our hearts. And our Lord enters into our world in order to transform it. In order to transform it. As we meditate on the life of Jesus, it's also a meditation on our own lives and how our Lord has acted in our lives in order to transform them. And he always does so in an unexpected way. In today's gospel reading, Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb and she's really just wanting to keep vigil there because someone she loved had died. And she gets there and the tomb's empty and immediately she's filled with fear that somebody might have taken the body of the Lord away. And so she runs to the apostles and she says to them, they've taken the body of the Lord away. And then Peter and John, they're also filled with this sort of fear. And so they run to the tomb. And then on their arrival, they see something that they never would have expected. They see the burial cloths there. And John includes this detail that the cloth that had covered his head wasn't with the burial cloths, but it was rolled up in a separate place. And when it says it was rolled up in a separate place, it's actually sort of what it means is that it was kind of in a bunch. But it still retained the shape of our Lord's head. Because our Lord had passed through it. Leaving his impression there. And when I was studying in Rome, it was one of the times that that shroud of Turin was on display, and we all went to Turin. 
in order to check out the shroud. And I was thinking to myself, oh yeah, this is not going to be that big a deal, you know. It's like... And then when we got there and we were able to look at the shroud and see the impression that was actually made by Jesus, there was something incredible there. It was evidence that our Lord truly did rise from the dead. And that his body was truly transformed, which means that my body can truly be transformed. My life can truly be transformed. That each and every one of our lives can truly be transformed. And that transformation began to take place, or first took place, when each and every one of us was baptized. Because at baptism, the Holy Spirit entered into our hearts, and we became somebody new. We became children of God. It was that first moment that Jesus entered into our world in order to make our world different, in order to make our lives different. Last night, the bishop baptized three young people and their lives became different. And then they received the Eucharist for the first time. which sort of renews and strengthens that grace of baptism. Yet all of us, after we were baptized, we had fallen into sin. We might have turned away from our Lord. We may have drifted from our Lord, lost sight of our priorities. But what the Easter season tells us is that we can always start over again with him. That our Lord can always enter into our hearts again. That we can always become somebody new. And so today we recall that first time that Jesus entered into our world. That first time that we received that kind of resurrected life. And we'll renew the promises of our own baptism. And this renewal of the promises of our baptism, it's truly a recommitment of ourselves in relationship with our Lord. You know, lots of times married couples, they'll want to renew their vows on certain anniversaries. Why? Because they want to say out loud again, I take you as my husband, I take you as my wife. There's a desire to say, I haven't given up on you and I'm going to be here for the rest of our lives. And couples might especially want to do this if they've been through a rough patch. And maybe things haven't gone so well and I want to recommit myself because I love this person and they love me. And in this act of recommitting ourselves, we want to start again. We want to start as if for the first time. And that's what we do today in relationship with Jesus. 
when we renew our baptismal promises, we renew that commitment to our Lord so that we can start again as if for the first time. Because we might have fallen away from him or our love for him might have lost its vigor. And he's inviting you to a transformed life. A life of true happiness, of true freedom, of true peace. When we renew our baptismal promises, we're recommitting ourselves to live in that freedom. To be a light that shines in the darkness of our culture. And if all that is true, then we have to renew those baptismal promises or renew that commitment with intentionality to know what we're doing. Because so often when we've renewed our baptismal promises in the past, and I include myself in this, we sort of like, okay, now we're going to renew our baptismal promises. Everybody stand up. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. We get sprinkled with water. We're like, God, that was a lot shorter than the creed. Thank God. And we don't really think about what we're saying. When we're asked the question, do you reject Satan? We really should be thinking about all the sin in our life that we want to reject. All of the sin that we struggle with. How we're impatient with our families. Or maybe how we've fallen into despair. Or maybe particular habitual sin that we can't seem to break out of or that we don't want to let go of. Do you reject Satan? I do. I reject all of that. And then we're asked, and all his works. And all his works includes all the sins that people have committed against us, when people weren't there for us, or when they betrayed us, or when they've hurt us, or when they've slandered us with their speech. And we're carrying around resentments about those things that get in the way of receiving our Lord's love. I reject all of that. I reject all of the resentment that I carry in my heart because it is the work of Satan and it keeps me from living resurrected life. And then that third question, do you reject all his empty show or do you reject all his empty promises Do you reject all of the lies that you believe because of your own personal sin or the sins of others? I reject the lie that I believe sometimes that I'm just not lovable, or the lie that I'll never get better, or the lie that Jesus loves everybody in this church except for me, or he only loves me because he has to, because he's God, and I'm, he has to, it's his job. Or I reject the lie that I'm just a horrible person. And we say, I do, I reject that. And we say no to that life of sin so that we can say yes to the life of our Lord and we can welcome him into our lives and we can start over again with him.
When we're asked questions, do you believe in God, the Father Almighty? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church? I do. I believe in this, and I want to live into this for the rest of my life. That's what we celebrate today. This recommitment to our Lord. A recommitment that says... I want to be in relationship with Jesus for the rest of my life. I want to start over with him. I want him to live in me so that his story is my story. So that the story of my life matches the story of his life. And I too will live a life of resurrection a life of peace, happiness, and joy. That life of grace which comes from only God who loved the world so much that he gave us his only son to die for us in order to heal us and bring us back to the Father. And so today, let us pray that as we renew those promises of our baptism, we do so with great intentionality. That today truly is a new beginning for us. And that we will know the joy that was experienced by those first apostles and by every saint who has entered into that resurrected life with our Lord forever in the kingdom of heaven.